This is Regin's Travels Podcast. All right, hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of Regin's Travels Podcast. Joining us today is Rowan Beard. He is Young Pioneer Tours' North Korea Tours Manager. His first visit to North Korea was back in 2012 and has been based in Asia for over 10 years with 100 plus visits to the DPRK. He used to reside in Dandong, the border town of China to North Korea, where he has found himself the perfect balance of Chinese and North Korean lifestyle. But due to the pandemic, he is currently stuck in Cambodia. Hi, Rowan. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Regin. Hello, everyone. Hello, all listeners as well. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. How's it going there in Phnom Penh? If uh, you can tell by the beads of sweat coming down my face, it's pretty warm today. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you're in, are you in Manila? I'm in the southern part of the Philippines, Mindanao. I Mindanao, don't know you know. cool. Yeah, it's like the it's, southern uh, part. Yeah, just, uh, just as warm, right? Probably, I would even say hotter than where I am now. Probably it's about the same, yeah, from uh, compared to Cambodia. It's about the same. Nah, you're looking cool, though. You look, you look slick. Your, your room is probably AC, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really hot in here as well, so you have to turn on the AC. I first met you in 2000, and I think that was 2015, December. Uh, that was a New Year's Eve tour to North Korea, to the DPRK. And I remember saw you, you know, you're one of the leaders of the Young Pioneer Tours. And I went with Choreo Tours, the other tour company. And I even saw you on the train, you know, at a restaurant car. And you've been uh, in Asia since 2012, visited North Korea and became the tour manager of Young Pioneer Tours. So how did this all start? Like. Your, your travel right. career. Well, I, I didn't realize we had uh, briefly met before as well, but that's that's a pretty cool story to imagine if we ran into each other in a bar and you were like, hey, I, I met you on the train to Pyongyang. Like, oh, yeah, cool. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, no, I've, um, I, I, I moved for, out of Australia and I, I went, uh, well, I went to Vietnam mm -hmm. in uh, 20, 2010, 2011, I think it was. And I, I spent a couple of years there. Uh, uh, teaching uh, the president of Vietnam's family English, I managed to snag a, that job, which was pretty interesting and cool. I enjoyed it very much. And um, with their in interest in politics, um, you know, if you Google uh, Vietnam relationships with you know foreign countries, uh, number two was North Korea, and that always baffled me. I'm always been like, wow, like really, that's that's cool. So I had a chance to ask the family; they gave me some input. So I had this idea of wanting to visit North Korea from there. But, you know, North Korea is constantly in the headlines, especially since the early 2000s. So be going through high school and stuff, re reading, the, uh, seeing the news and on the newspaper, remember newspapers, um, <laughs> it just got me curious. So I first went as a tourist in 2012 uh, with Young Pioneer Tours. There you go. And uh, yeah, so I was just a simple tourist and I, I, I got along really well with uh, everyone who had worked at YPT and I, I, I thought North Korea was fascinating and interesting and I got given an opportunity to, to work there. So I took it. So I moved from Vietnam to China and that was my experience, yeah. Wow, 2012. So during the time it was already Kim, Kim Jong-un, right? When did Kim, what was the name of the dad, Kim? Kim Jong Il, Kim, Kim Jong Il, right, yeah. I think died in two thousand and nine or two thousand and ten, something like that. Two thousand eleven. So oh, he 11. died in December two thousand eleven, and when I went in twenty twelve uh, May, that was you know Kim Jong Un was already uh, in charge, and so that was interesting for me because um, yeah, I got to talk to the North Koreans. I'm like, hey, what can you tell me about Kim Jong Un? And even they were like, we don't know. Uh, he, he's in charge. He's He's cool. It's like, okay, <laughs> rock and roll. Weren't you scared to ask that question? Uh, no, because you can, you can read the room. Like if you, you know, it's just be a good people person. If you, if you ask a question and you can see it makes him feel uncomfortable or if they have zero interest and if you're pursuing something and they're like, you know, not giving you anything back, you know, to, to stop, you know what I mean? Right, right. It's just part of a, you know, social skill as well. And I know you're good at that because you're a leader. You're a 
tour manager. <laughs> <laughs> Try to be good at it anyway. <laughs> so you're able to get the job. Yeah, but then, okay, so you went to North Korea 2012. What made you so interested that you even changed careers, you know, from being a teacher in Vietnam to being part of Young Pioneer Tours to always constantly go to North Korea? Yeah, just to, to, to have a hands-on experience and to get a deeper understanding of a country that is so mysterious to the outside world because there's so many things that happen in that country that don't come out of that country uh it's either misunderstood or there's some um, there's just mystery like even north korea don't really know what goes on on the inside as well so me going in there so frequent uh usually about once or twice a month for the past eight years prior covid um i was always able to learn something new see something about this mysterious unique country yeah right very mysterious i remember going there in 2015 and that was just for five days, you know, it's a very quick tour. Right. And what happened is like what they have been saying, you go there with a lot of questions, but mm. then you get there. And after going there, then you have more questions. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you leave with more questions. You leave you expect, for sure. with more questions. So that's the thing, yeah. like five days is never enough. And I have more questions and a lot of people are, are asking me about North Korea. Obviously, they haven't been there. Not a lot of people have been there. And they ask me a lot of questions about North Korea, but a lot of them I cannot really answer because I myself, I'm puzzled of, of what I saw and what I mm. experienced. So like what you're doing, constantly going there, I'm sure you have you have lots of answers now. Sure, man. Did When you finished your tour, did you take the train out as well? Yeah, I took a train. That's so why I saw you there cool. at, at a restaurant car. You were so tall. Oh, on the train and, out? Out of yeah, because we, we flew ah, right, right. Uh, via Korea. Uh, what is it? Air, Korea Air, Air, Korea. Air Korea. Coming back to Beijing, we took the yeah. train, and yeah, yeah I uh, saw you at the restaurant car because obviously you're the tour manager and you're so talkative and social. You know, you know everyone, and we were just eating quietly there. Like, oh, this is the guy from from the other tour group. Yeah, so I took the train. All right, yeah, because the train out. So for anyone who is curious about North Korea. When you do, as you said, when you do go there and when you leave, you have more questions and the train out is the best opportunity to to find out all these last minute questions that have been sitting in your head during your uh, three day, five day, 12 day, 28 day, whatever day tour you've decided to, to join. And it's uh, it's always good to just be in the dining car, having a meal, enjoying a drink and to go over these questions as a group. It's uh, it definitely adds to the experience. Exactly, mate. So that's that's exactly what happened. We were at the because we were at a soft sleeper. You know, there, you, have, you have two options, right? Hard sleeper and soft sleeper. So we have our own compartments. So like what you've like what you've mentioned after the tour, we were sharing our experiences and we have lots of these questions. And I remember even one of my companions. He's from Vietnam. He's like seventy six years old during the time, and right. he he was residing in Canada, but originally from Vietnam. And we were we were talking about North Korea and all that stuff, asking questions. And he, he even said, hey, can you just stop talking about this? Because I still want to see my wife. We are still in North Korea. We are still inside North Korea. So maybe we can talk about this once we cross the border, once we get to China. That's, that's what he told us. All right. He was, he was scared. <laughs> so he was, he was being a bit paranoid, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, actually, the, the train, the train's one of my favorite parts of the, of the tour. That's one thing I definitely don't get tired of because it's that opportunity to um, be with other North Koreans without being, you're actually not monitored on the train. So you can actually rock up to a North Korean cabin and if they welcome you, be like, hey, what do you do? And have a very open discussion. And because it's on a train, whether the North Koreans are leaving or coming back into North Korea, they're pretty excited. So they're very, in they're in talkative moods. So if you do catch a, a, a North Korean who does speak English, which is very, very possible and, and common, you can have some amazing conversations with them and you can meet for me this is this is how the majority of times i meet my uh some new business contacts or just some new friends that you know that can help you out when you uh face any hurdles so yeah no, it's uh the train is the place to <laughs> to feel safe <laughs> oh i didn't know that but what i noticed though is most of them i don't know if they're north korea probably north koreans and chinese most of them are in the hard sleeper compartment part of the train right Usually for the soft sleeper part, those are the tourists. 
that's that's where you'll find us white BTs. And uh, there's uh, I've been hit up actually by a couple of um, Filipinos who have been with me to uh, to North Korea who heard about this podcast. So um, a shout out to to them to uh, to Freya and to a couple of other mates. Um, yeah, um, but uh, anyway, so yeah, we're in the hard sleeper. That's uh, I know it sounds horrible, but it's just a second class sleeper, and it's uh, it's just easy to mingle. It's open. Um, anyone who wants to upgrade to the soft sleeper, you can do so, but it's a bit more quiet and you know it's very chilled and very private so it, you can't really open the door to a first class cupboard and be like hi guys you know there's it's private you know that's people we they close the door they lock the doors you yeah, know but in the, the hard sleeper it's open we're all there yeah yeah and you mentioned uh, some filipino friends as well when they know that you're going to be on the podcast they said regards to you arvin you know arvin soriano he like commented on one of my posts is maybe he went on a tour with you but he said oh rowan is going to be on the podcast and my regards his name is arvin soriano shout out to arvin as well <laughs> i think that's moj i, I think uh, actually, moja. You know what? His, his nickname moja. is moja moja his nickname is moja but his really even more interesting he, he hasn't been to north korea but he lives in dandong uh, where i was based so oh really <laughs> there's two filipinos that live on the border of the chinese border town to north korea um they're, they're both teachers i'm pretty sure and uh yeah so that's how i know him but He's too chicken shit to go to North Korea. Imagine living in a in a city that oh, faces you're a country. There. Yeah, and you and you're too scared to go. Like all you have to do is cross the river, right. go for a day. It's oh, easy. Man. <laughs> he should he should have gone. But uh, Dan, Dandong is is it Liaoning? What what province is Dandong again? Is That's right. It's in Liaoning province. Yep. Liaoning. Yeah. Oh wow. And one of the best experiences of my North Korean journey was taking the train you can really see the the contrast between the two countries when you cross the border between is it called Sinuju the the, the border right. of yeah, yeah, yeah. Sinuju right. going to Dandong like the lights yeah. because that was already almost evening actually almost evening mm. and mm. it was so dark at North Korea but once we crossed the border to China just you know neon lights everywhere it's like yeah uh, you can really see the contrast of things that uh, 30 40 story buildings yeah. on the Chinese side and just like like the, the Sinuiji side being fairly flat and dark yeah it's, it's pretty crazy oh and I, I love watching the tourists when they look at the contrast and when they're coming back into China and then their phones go bing and they go oh internet <laughs> oh wow really so you, you can have a, yeah. a signal once you cross the Chinese border that's right as like a majority of people get it like halfway on the bridge or oh. some people might get it in Sinuiju but you know it's really funny when people who haven't had internet for five days and how they're like oh man I need to check my Instagram you know the withdrawal system symptoms and it's just funny I enjoy it yeah yeah but the thing like some people I know don't want to go to North Korea because they say that there's no internet there but for me that's one of the reasons why i went there is kind of like having an internet detox and having a different experience because you have for sure you always have internet at your home so it right. would be a problem just a few days but some people just yeah. can't live without the internet and like how, how do like I imagine, go there? there's no internet imagine sitting at a table with a bunch of people you met like a, a day ago and having a conversation and nobody right. looking at their phone you know it's cool uh, it's cool <laughs> man. like for, for five days i wasn't able to check my email i think that's one of the one of the interesting parts of visiting North Korea right but there is internet there um if you work in North Korea um you can have access to the internet there or if you're um even tourists can if you're doing a long-term stay the only problem is that it's just really expensive it's horrendously expensive uh it's 50 dollars for about 80 megabytes oh, so I'll let that sit with you guys so is if the internet is so important for you and 80 80 megabytes is nothing these days you open up Facebook and I think that's already like 18 megs from the, the news feed of you know it's just it's it's heavy yeah it's, uh, oh I didn't know that but what I know before was at our hotel the young up the hotel there's like a kind of like a booth where if you want to send email you can just access the computer but then you uh, have to yeah. pay but then th that is just yeah. for for email like exclusively for email purposes not really right yeah media. And, and, and I don't recommend doing that because usually that email that's sent out to whoever you're sending it to it'll end up in the trash because it's marked as a suspicious email address because it's a it's a code.co-star.dprk.org something address and yeah it's suspicious so unless you've got people constantly checking the spam filters nobody does just pick up the phone a bit more expensive but you know a one minute call would be totally worth it like hey i'm in north korea i gotta go anyway still bye or send postcards that's what i did <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool too. 
that's cool. That maybe don't if it's urgent, don't rely on the postcards. It's gonna take a you know about a month, two, three to reach home. <laughs> yeah, and I really didn't expect it to arrive just because it's North Korea, but surprisingly, it did arrive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does arrive. It, it even arrives in the states. So there's only one place you can't send it to. One country you can't send it to. South Korea. Hey, there we go. So how was your experience during your first visit to North Korea? How was it your first reaction? Did, oh, it, man. did it meet your expectation? Just like you and anyone else who has been to North Korea, you, you have this expectation of like, I'm going to do this tour and I'm only allowed to see this and do this. And these people are going to be like robots. It's going to be like an insane experience. Why am I doing this? This is crazy. Um, but that was definitely my expectation. And so when I went there, I went there during May Day, which is one of the biggest holidays of the year. That's not political as well. And it's uh, it's just gone from winter to spring. So the weather's good, people are outside. Mm -hmm. And it was just nuts, man. Everyone was out um, barbecues in like parks and the social interactions I had with people like it was people weren't as shy as I thought they would be being like a, you know, conservative Korean culture, but a lot of them were like able to approach and talk and just have fun. And, you know, there was that language barrier at first, but it was that effort of being like, Hey, thanks for coming to my country. And it's like, cool. Thanks. Thanks for having me kind of thing. You know, it was just, a, it was a, it was a, it blew my expectations. And, but I, again, left me with more questions and, having the chance to learn more about it. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, for me, I really expected to have an exotic experience, like a really different, total different experience because it's North Korea, it's secluded, it's kind of like a hermit kingdom. So when I got there, I have these expectations. Well, it was it was quite different compared to other countries, but at the same time, right. It's still still a lot of similarities, you know, buildings are there, people living their lives. It's not like what we hear on the news. Mm. When, when, when I was there, I was like, it's, it's pretty much a normal country to me. Maybe it's, it's different in, in some ways, but to be honest, like the people are the people that I've met because we had a chance to also interact with the locals, you know, at, at a metro and during one of the New Year's parties, like it is more normal to me compared to what I expected, to be honest. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's, uh, and that's the expectation I, that I enjoy um, that blows tourist expectations. It definitely makes my job easier, for sure. <laughs> but people who have been to North Korea leave North Korea and they're like, wow, I wasn't it. That was, I could never have, have expected that to happen. And that was a, it's a good experience. You know what I mean? It's, it's good to have an insight to a country that, you know, most of the time we just, we read the criticizing news about government decisions, right. the diplomatic relationships between North Korea, South Korea, Japan, the US, China, Russia. But, you know, as you just said, like people are people and the people in North Korea are very much people. They have their opinions. They have their own sense of humor. They have uh, their own ambitions in life, whether they want to get married, have a successful job, study sure. hard, you know, yeah. be healthy. You know, yeah, make money, support the family. It's like all those things are relatable. And the conversations I've had with North Koreans of like, I could completely forget their nationality and know that I'm talking to a, a guy who's my age and we're facing the exact same issues in life right now. Exactly, exactly. Maybe because I've read a lot of, you know, maybe you can even say it's propaganda. Like, like I've read articles about North Koreans just being so secluded. So I imagine they don't know anything about the outside world. I imagine them to be even said there some of them are just eating grass and bark of trees you know they have nothing to eat and, and all those exotic stories so maybe those happened maybe in the past during the famine probably and i still have right. that expectation so when i got there especially like what i mentioned during the the new year's eve party we were on the boat maybe you were there as well a young pioneer uh, group because we were on the boat during a new year party during that time and we were able to interact with the locals and these are pretty much normal people like they have yeah, they sing songs they have this like what you said they have these plans in life as well so yeah my expectation is kind of like not not really met in terms of being having an exotic experience right yeah and i think um one thing that everyone uh, thinks too much about North Korea, it's like they think North Koreans think that North Korea is the best country. And it's like they, they, they're aware that they're a developing nation. You know, they've got their 
the issues that other developing nations have when it came to like bad infrastructure or outdated infrastructure, running water, constant electricity, that kind of thing. So, you know, um, yeah, they're, they're very aware of the, the status of their country. And as you said, like, you know, a lot of them aren't totally aware of what happens on the outside. A, a, a lot of them are. And yeah. one of the good things I like about North Koreans are when they aren't so much aware of it, they're good listeners, you know, mm -hmm. and they're very open to hear like, oh, what's going on the inside? Because the majority of things they hear could be outdated and you can be like, oh, this is how it is. The one thing that you can have uh, trouble to explain for them to fully grasp is the internet and how oh. the internet is used. Like for me to explain how we are doing this now, having this Zoom conference on the internet, and this is the benefits, this is connecting people. For them, a lot of them are like, oh, the internet's bad. They just write bad things about us. And it's like, no, 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 guys. <laughs> and you, you know, I have ways of explaining it to them so they understand. But a lot of them jump to the whole, no, the internet is bad and we don't want it. And it's like, well, Come to China and I'll show you how it's used and you're going to miss it when you go back to North Korea. I tell you, I've seen it many times. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. Like, they still don't have the concept of the internet. Ah, that's, that's interesting. Mm. Mm. It reminded me of when I was still in elementary. During that time, the internet was still pretty new and I read about it on Reader's Digest magazine. And I was like, it's so oh, wow. hard for me to grasp the concept. Like they talk to each other. How do this? How do you send this? Like about the I was reading about email. So probably that's mm. what that is they're feeling now. And to think we're already right. on a twenty first century. Well, smartphones in North Korea are a thing, and it's they, yeah. they develop their own smartphones right. and they run Android based uh, operating systems on it, and they're pretty good. Um, they're expensive, but they don't have the capability to connect to the internet. They connect to like a local intranet, like a three G internal network for the North Koreans. But what the North Koreans are really into is mobile games. And the, the, these North Korean developers have taken simple games like, um, what, what, you know, those games that took off on the iPod and iPhone years and years ago, like um, Doodle Jump and um, uh, Angry Birds. You know, they've, they've mm. taken this game, ripped out the external um, credits and whatever, because they've had access to the source and just North Koreanified it where it's like the same game, but you don't have like, you know, the, the, the company names or anything. It's just like made in North Korea. And so North Koreans are playing this on their phone constantly. My guides, if they have to wait for five minutes, I'll whip out that phone, play a game. When you said on the Metro before, when you took, took the Metro, it's, it, it was an interesting experience for you because you get to mingle with the locals on the train and you'll see students playing games on the phone. And so I'll tell oh, them, hey, wow. like, how do you get these games on your phone? And they have an app store, but it's a physical app store. <laughs> so they have what to go to a shop. Oh, okay. Wow. And they plug, they give it to the the, um, the shopkeeper, and they're like, "Here, here's some money." I want, and you know, you, there's all these posters around the shop, like yeah. A4 size posters of games that are advertising themselves. And they'll be like, "I want that, that, that." They give it to the shopkeeper, plug it into a PC, copy it over, oh, and that's wow. their app store. So me being like, imagine having the internet where you could just not go to the store and just be at home and download it. And then the North Koreans are like, yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. The internet's not so bad. It's helpful. Anyway. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, because when I was there in 2015, I, I didn't see anyone playing games on the subway or on the metro. Maybe it's, it's a thing like recently, because during the time, the only ones who have smartphones are the guides, our guides. And I was, I was a bit surprised when I saw them using smartphones even because like what mm. I've read, they don't have phones, they don't have access to phones, to communication. And maybe I imagine just, you know, like maybe just dumb phone or like Nokia, those kinds of phones. But they have actually smartphones when when I was there. The guys, I was, I was a bit surprised as well. Mm. But I didn't yeah, know smart, it, it was just I, I, in I internet. Them, I call them smart dumb phones because they are smartphones, but a smartphone is completely useless without the internet. You know what I mean? So they they love the the photo, just taking photos and the photo editing apps these days. But yeah, you're right though. In 2015, the the amount of smartphone owners were nowhere compared to what it was when I was last there in 2020, mm. just before COVID. And it was very common to see um, more budget type smartphones, just kind of like how it is in the, in the outside world. He, um, a majority of Chinese phones are now taken over the market because they're you know they're, they're cheap and still perform just as well as uh, the higher and models you know what i mean so uh yeah that's it and so you mentioned the 2015 new year's as well yeah 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 cool good new year's <laughs> <laughs> do, do you remember that one you've been to a lot of tours obviously so maybe you don't remember but like that was a, a new year's eve tour they call it also ypt call it new year's eve tour kind of similar to choreo tours 
and we right. went we went on a boat for the celebration that was crazy like <laughs> of all my new year new year eve's uh, celebration experiences that was my first time to to do it on a boat like on a yacht on a kind of luxurious boat and they right. did it in north yeah. korea <laughs> it's the chatangam boat yeah that's 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 a good option we um i think for that year i think for the majority of years we just we go into the kimilsung square with all the people and we just surround ourselves with a bunch of north koreans with you know locals are drinking we're drinking so it's like a happy new year and now they do the whole man man new years has changed over the years like uh mm -hmm. now they do like a massive performance like they have a, a huge stage in the center of kimilsung square and they'll have um the modern bong uh bands but, oh wow modern bong the, the all military female military yeah. band. so they're doing a live performance and there's like lasers oh, and fireworks so and you've, you've you don't seen them? Be, you don't want to be on a boat anymore <laughs> you want to be in the action not out of the action oh yeah for sure you've seen them in person the modern bomb yeah. band i i was there in 20 uh the 2018 to 2019 new years but i took the 2019 to 2020 new years off mm -hmm. um but my guys who went there i saw the video footage and it looked nuts like every year it gets better and actually we've taken tourists who have only been to north korea during new years and we've had a few returners come back being like i can't top new years and like in north korea like there's just no other place they'll just come back and just do it again because it's just <laughs> it's a it's a really unique awesome experience especially the money you pay for the tour it's like you can't spend that much money uh anywhere else in the world with at, at least times it by at least three or four or five you know what i mean so it's a mm -hmm. it is a it's a rocking way to start the new year for sure oh yeah and especially modern bong band they're beautiful man the ladies are beautiful and that's like the the, the k-pop version of north korea <laughs> it is yeah they've come up with a, they came up with like two tunes uh oh no 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 yeah they've done a few recent tunes but there's i think they're not the hot ones any i mean hot as i'm like you know top 10 hot um there's like an, a new sort of uh band that's come out last year nick my fellow um tour guide mate he he's crazy about uh, Bong. For anyone who doesn't know about it, go to Google, type in Morambong Band. We're at the top, Young Pioneer Tours, and it's a, a complete guide to the Morambong. Like all the, the the musicians who have been in it before, every single performance with YouTube videos, it's nuts. So knock yourself out. <laughs> the, the the thing with this band is, okay, they're, they're beautiful, they're pretty, but at the same time, they're so talented. You know, they're not just singing, but playing instruments at the same time. Yeah, yeah. There's um, there was a kindergarten in Pyongyang. Um, kindergarten, and it's a kindergarten that focuses on uh, musical talents of children when they're young. And so, yeah, there's some of the Morambong musicians went to that kindergarten when they were young. And so, when you enter this kindergarten, you can see like um big photos of other uh, musicians in the world and the, and the kindergarten is very proud like hey yeah they came here and our teachers taught them and they they're in the mom so this is where they started so it's kind of cool to have like that kind of insight you know that's that's the thing with north korea i noticed like because i opened the tv at the hotel the, the young mm. hotel and i saw right. some programs where they have like children's shows because normally when you say children's show it's more like you know for kids maybe they're just singing like kiddie songs but these kids in North Korea, they, it's, it's a children's program, but they're performing like the performance is at level with adults, like dancing or mm. playing instruments. Like, whoa, these kids are amazing. What kind of training do they do with these kids here in North Korea? It's, it's on yeah. a different level. It's uh, it's on a different level. And it's, yeah, those kids are like spot on. But it's it's kind of funny as well, because um, I got a South Korean girlfriend and she's like flicks through social media of like other kids doing similar performances in South Korea mm -hmm. or even in Japan. And it's like that level of competition. And I, I, I just thought to myself, like how, <laughs> imagine having like these kids battle it out for like these certain performances. But I, I think the North Korean kids would, uh, would kick some butt for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely on a different level. So a lot of my friends, of course, they also want to go to North Korea, but a lot of my friends as well don't want to go to North Korea because of, you know, a lot of common myths. So what do you think are, let's say, what are the, what are the most common myths that you've encountered with regards to North Korea? The, the first one right up the top, you can't go to North Korea. What are you talking about? You just can't go there. That's the, that's the first one that I hear all the time. And it's like, uh, no, you can go. It's easy to go. The, the visa is a, uh, 
a hell of a lot easier than what you think it is. And you went through the, the process as well. You just send your passport scan in and boom, you rock up to Beijing or Dandong and there's your tourist visa. Happy days. Uh, the Chinese visa, I think, would have been more complicated for you. Is that right? No, no, it's not. It's, it's still pretty easy. Okay, cool, cool. Well, that's good. Well, yeah. depending on your nationality, I've, I've, I've dealt with a few Filipinos who have faced some issues getting the, the double entry, but you know, we, we always help with that. But um, that's the first myth. Second myth, uh, you can't take photos or videos. So if you do go to North Korea, like, you know, it's like, can I take a picture of this? Like, yeah, it's okay. You can take pictures of anything. The only three that are like the no-nos is one, the military, which is pretty common in most countries around the world. Two, construction. Uh, because North Koreans are obsessed with things looking nice and formal and presentable. So a un an unfinished building is like just not pretty for the North Koreans. And also the construction workers are military. So it goes back to number two. And number three is uh, checkpoints. So when you go down to the DMZ, there's some military installations on the way down there. You're getting closer to the most fortified border in the world. And yeah, no pictures of military checkpoints. That's it. Right. And there's also a misconception that you can take photos of people or the locals of North Korea. But then one of our tour guides told us that, of course, you can take pictures of them. It's not really it's not really illegal. But at the same time, it's unethical. Imagine like you pointing your camera at these people. You don't you don't do it in other countries as well. Like you don't go to to the U.S. and just point your camera at a, at a random local American. Why, right, why, right, right. why would you do it in North Korea? So it, it's like it's like an ethical issue because some people think I have to go to North Korea and just point my camera at these North Koreans. Of course, it's it's not a zoo, you know. <laughs> at our pre-tour meeting, we we bring this up. We say, guys, use your your common sense when you know pretend, act like you are in any other country in the world for the reasons you just said. But we have had a few tourists who get carried away, and there'll be like an old grumpy man. You know, walking down the street and someone would just get up with a massive camera with a long lens and the old guy would be like, don't take my picture. And it's like, you know, don't take his picture. <laughs> Does it look like he wants his picture taken? Like, you know, common sense, uh, you know, how it is. But it's um, it's very easy to take pictures of North Koreans in North Korea. It's just, they're very curious about us. And all it takes is a wave and a hello. They, you know, it, a lot of North Koreans don't know English, but, you know, majority of nationals around the world know hello. And a lot of them would be like, hi hello you know and it's like it's fine it's cool right so in general you can even take pictures of the military but if you're at the dmz you can even take a photo with a general like the, the general of the of the north korean army because it, it's oh, not okay the general to... i'm pretty sure the general will just be having a cigar at home <laughs> not on the front lines but it's, yeah, isn't, there it is a, like... isn't it a general like i saw like some stars here on on his shoulder i don't know if this is general or not but like Oh, you'd, you'd, have, you'd have like uh, the, the the highest i've met is a staff lieutenant but um like the equivalent anyway but a, a lot of the ones who handle the tourists on the border of the dmz they're, they're usually just um like on a sergeant sort of rank they're just very good with handling uh tourists and very friendly very welcoming and that's it, a it's a weird one because a lot of people would expect them not to be but mm -hmm. they are and so the rules are a lot less relaxed Right. So a lot more relaxed in North Korea compared to when you visit from the South South Korean side. Oh, Have wow. you been to the DMZ on the South Korean side? No, no, not yet. Just It's for anyone who has been, you, you, there's a couple of regulations, like no pointing, no waving, no shouting, uh, stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. Certain clothing you'd have to wear um, following strict instructions from the military guide. But on the North Korea side, it's not so much. It's You can do all that. And, you know, you can have a bit of a laugh. You can ask questions. You can yeah, shake through the whole shaking the hands uh photo pose with your um with the the local military officer who's helping you show you around yeah right that's why my friends were surprised when i posted it on social media that they have a photo with with that officer and i was like whoa you're able to do it and i heard even the you know even the negotiating table like if you're at the north korean side you can sit at the table but if you're from the south korean side that you cannot really go to that table something like that so yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a bit more, it's a bit more lax at the North Korean right. side. Yeah, sure is, man. I uh, Actually, the last time I went to North Korea was early January 2020, and it was just before COVID kicked off. And uh, yeah, there you go. You, you can get that photo taken <laughs> at, the, at the DMZ. Oh, it's possible man. to do that. One of my last photos I had taken in North Korea. Sad. I'll be back.
Yeah, and I heard like they were the first one to to restrict tourists because of the pandemic, and probably they will be the last one to open up for tourists as well. I think that's very much the case. They were definitely the, the first country to close the borders, and they would definitely be one of the last to <laughs> to reopen. So I'm hoping they're able to get some vaccines rolled out there um, to the people because the medical system in North Korea is not great, and you do not want to be sick in North Korea, especially with all the pretty harsh sanctions preventing a lot of specific type of medicines and medical yeah. equipments come into the country. So oh, yeah. it's tough on the people. So I hope they're able to roll out these uh, vaccines through support for Russia, China, South Korea, COVAX, you know, there's whatever means possible. And hopefully, you know, all the friends and uh, good people I know there are, are well and safe. And I won't be able to know that until, you know, you go inside. So you always go there, you've been there a hundred plus times. So how was your relationship? How is your relationship with the locals right now? Were you able to develop like a deep friendship with these locals already? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just like anywhere else in the world. Like if you want to do business as a foreigner in a foreign country, uh, you need trust and you you need solid friendships. And that's developed over the years since I've worked there. It's it's been a very unique, special, frustrating sort of like just like any other business relationship you would have in any other country but i, I do miss the people that have really good friends there that i've worked there for even eight years as my my length of time there and unfortunately north korea is going back to the whole internet thing and uh, the hermit kingdom they're a closed off nation so if anyone is in north korea it's you can't just send them a whatsapp message being like yo dude you okay how's everything you know it's uh just one of the things i'm gonna have to wait to to get back there and find out any updates, see if there's any guides who have uh, retired from working, or if anyone's had any babies, or, you know, if anyone's grandparents have passed away, you know, that kind of stuff. Oh, wow. But can you send them snail mail, though, or postcard? Nope, nothing nothing goes really? in. Oh, wow. So, yeah, you, I, you can make a call. I could call the office, okay. um, but it's uh, I'm having issues calling them from Cambodia. It's, it's not as direct, but I've got some North Korean friends who are outside of North Korea right now. And they work in the tourism mm. industry and they're, they're just like, um, they're just outside, they're waiting. They haven't got much to do, but I, I'm in contact with them and a lot of them are bored and reading the, the COVID news around the world being like, oh, it's going to be a long time before we open. Yep. Right. Yeah, you are. Yeah, I remember the name of my guy when I was there. Her name is Pak. Do you, do you know Pak? Um, the, the thing about Korean names is that uh, Pak is the second most common uh, Korean family name. First one being Kim, then you got Lee. So that's very common. People be like, oh man, Mr. Kim and Miss Lee, please tell them I say hello. I love them so much. I'm like, what's the first name though? <laughs> There's a couple of bucks. There's a, that's a couple of Kim's, Lee's, uh, chairs, uh, yeah. songs. Yeah. <laughs> if you have a photo, let me know because um, Corio Tours uh, work with the same travel company we do. Right. Uh, and that's the Korean international travel company. So they have a huge English department team and we've all worked with each other. Um, mm. We have, you know, I have uh, separate managers that work directly with us. And it's kind of funny because it's the same company, but they're very much, in, there's like this inter-competition with each other, even though, because they're dealing with two outside foreign agencies who are also in competition with each other. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's funny to see like the internal, like your colleagues, like having arguments with your colleagues and it's just funny, like, like between Corio and us, we're like, you know, oh, it's a wow. small, it's a small industry. So, you know, we get along very fine because there's not many other people, you know, who constantly go in there as much as us, but it's yeah. just funny to see the North Koreans kind of like da, 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 at each other. Yeah, it's, it's funny. <laughs> One of the biggest concerns of people with regards to going to North Korea is the safety. So in my, in my opinion, <laughs> it's one of the safest countries to visit, but people just don't understand this. Like they're so scared mm. of North Korea. I remember one of my colleagues' mom visited China when I, when I was there. And that was the time when I was going to North Korea for the tour. And she was so worried. She was so worried for me. And then when I returned, she was so happy because I made it back safely. But then when I was there, for me, I, I felt really safe, especially with the, in terms of the st statistics of, of things that's happening, like crime, you know, like normally happening when you travel. And we, we would even sometimes joke with my, with my friends and my roommate during the tour that, oh, North Korea is not safe because during the time it was, it was winter, so it was a bit slippery. So sometimes you will slip and then maybe you will, you, you'll get knocked out. So, oh, yeah, it's true. North Korea is not safe because 
the roads are slippery, something like that. So we're just joking about it. But, right. but the point is, it's like one of the safest countries I've visited. So I think it's one of the biggest myths and people are scared about it because of safety issues. So what what can you say about that? Is, is their fear legit? Working through the biggest myths of North Korea, I, number three would definitely be pe people's personal safety. Um, and you're the first podcaster I've talked to who's actually been to North Korea. So we're speaking on levels where you get it, you've been, you've experienced it, you understand it. When I when I speak to people uh, who haven't been, it's a it's a you have to approach it from a different level. And it's really funny to hear you say it's not safety because you can slip on the road and fall and hurt yourself. Like <laughs> that's, I haven't heard anyone say that about North Korea. Like, oh, it's dangerous. You'll slip on the road and hurt your bum. Like that's, that's <laughs> for me, that's, that's, it's funny. Cause everyone thinks like, oh, you have to watch what you say. And like uh, the rooms are bugged and you know, the guides are listening to you and they're going to think you're a spy and you know, you're going to end up in jail. And uh, the, the truth is, is that uh, no, they, um, the Yorubs aren't bugged. The guys aren't listening to you, but like, but North Korea is a country where it has uh, people running the country in a system that holds the country together that the people highly respect. And this culture exists in other cultures around Asia, uh, Thailand, uh, Cambodia, where I am now, there's a king, you know, there's, uh, the list could go on. So it, it's just one of those places where most Westerners are like, oh, you know, like I can say bad stuff about my politician leader. I'm like, oh, you can because you're from a democratic country, but, you know, go to Belarus and say something bad about Lukashenko and good luck. You know what I mean? There's just, just these, that's what we love about traveling because every country is different. But North Korea is a country where when you're in there, we do ask our tourists, like, listen, if you have any questions or any any, anything you might feel is negative that might insult the North Koreans. That's why we have Western guides. Our YPT guides are with you so you can ask them and they can answer because the North Koreans are like, they're very into their leaders, just like uh, a religious person being very into their religion. They're questioning someone's religion can be confrontational. It can be to them. It can be rude and it can upset people. It can cause if it's, if it's asked in the incorrect way, which is why I tell people when you do go to North Korea, get a good feel for your guides. And I let them know a lot about you. And then, you know, uh, after the, the day tour is complete, invite them down for a beer in the hotel and get to know them a lot better. And yeah, you can ask these questions. And these people are very well experienced with dealing with tourists and don't think about too much you say, but don't directly insult the leaders. You know, that's it. It's, it's as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Because my point is, as long as you follow the rules, as long as you abide with the rules, then you're good to go in North Korea, as long as you're sensible enough, you know, some of the things there are just common sense, like you don't common disrespect sense. the leaders. But the thing is, if you mm -hmm. go to other countries, for example, even if you're innocent, you're even if you're abiding, even if you're following the rules, but then you go to this bar, then, you know, there's a potential robbery, there's potential theft or murder. Those things, you don't have to worry about those things in North Korea, as long as you're yeah, sensible petty. enough in following the rules. So that's what I'm saying. Right. It's really Petty crime safe. doesn't exist, right? Yeah, pe petty crime doesn't exist, you know? And the only thing that you need to worry about, you don't even have to worry because it's like what I said, it's common sense, you know? As long as you're sensible, it's, it's right. safe to visit North Korea. So, yeah, that's, that's what I want to say for towards the people who are scared in visiting it's very, North it's Korea. It's very easy to visit there and have a good time. <clears throat> it is your holiday you can enjoy your holiday in North Korea. I know that sounds weird to so many listeners who are tuned in, <laughs> but there's a reason why this in, this tourism industry in North Korea exists. And because people like you have gone and told your friends and people have gone, was it scary? And you went, actually, it was interesting. And I found myself enjoying myself sometimes. So, you know, all depending. <laughs> Depends who you go with. <laughs> yeah, the, the only thing I was, I, was, I, was a bit, I was a bit scared though was when we went to this... <coughs> mausoleum what they call that sun what they call that mausoleum Kumsusun. palace of the sun yeah palace of the sun and we are required to bow to to the to the to the body of the leaders right we were required to right. bow like as, as a respect yeah. and for yeah. me like like because I, i'm a christian so we're not really encouraged to do that but right. i know it's just for respect but at the same time as much as possible or we're not encouraged to, to do that because we we're supposed to bow only to to God or to Jesus, something like that. But then right. I, was, I was a bit scared because the guards were there. So I just ended right. up yeah, bowing. Yeah. 
thing. So the question is, what if I didn't bow? Do you think something will happen to me? Well, that's why, like, before we go to the Kumsusan, because there's two sacred places in North Korea that you don't have to go to as tourists. People always think, like, I don't want to go to North Korea because I don't want to bow to their leaders. You can go to North Korea and you don't have to bow to leaders. We, we've dealt with so many different types of nationalities and uh, religious backgrounds or people's opinions that are like, I don't want to do it. And it, it's fine. You don't have okay. to do it. Okay. Most there people, you like, you, you did it because when in Rome, right? But right. for example, if you don't want to bow, um, you just simply don't visit these areas. So we've dealt with tourists who are like, listen, I want to check out Kumsusan. I want to see what's on the inside, you know, but I don't want to bow. But unfortunately, you can't go to the Kumsusan then. So we work out a separate itinerary according to their interests on what they would like to do. But if you do visit the Kumsusan, or the other, the second location is uh, the Mansure Grand Monument, the big, right. the big statues. Yeah, right. you got to bow there. Yeah, but you don't have to visit there. So I've I've arranged like for example like families from Indonesia, who are, you know who are Islamic, and they're like, listen, we want to check it out. Our countries had a bit of a history with each other, but we don't want to bow. And it's like cool, done. And the North Koreans are totally fine with it. Actually, what we have to do, the secret of what we do is that every time we arrange a group tour to North Korea. We have to request to visit the mausoleum and the statues because it's not a tourist place and the North Koreans don't want to treat it as a tourist place. They don't want <clears throat> foreigners being there. And as you said, there's like a lot of regulations in these areas and they don't want foreigners going there, screwing it up for the locals. So, yeah, that's one of the places where it's not my favorite part of the job, having to stand on the bus for about 30 minutes, going through all these certain regulations on like what to do at these places. Don't sit down, don't run, don't chew gum, don't carry water. Take your sunglasses off. Take your hat off when you bow. You know. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Oh wow. And like I was talking about the New Year's tour in 2015. So we're about to go to go back to Beijing, mm. and we were on the same train actually. And before the train was leaving Pyongyang, there was a news that one of the tourists was was detained at the airport. And of course, we know the story is it's all over the news. It's it's Otto Warmbier, one of the one of all the right. tourists, and mm -hmm. he was actually at, at the same tour with us, but of course a different company. I, I was with Corey Tours, and he was with with your tour, Young Pioneers Tour, but exactly the same itinerary. And he even stayed at the Yangapdo Hotel, so I was with him. I was with with Otto Warmbier during the tour. When they relayed the news to us on the train. I first thought that okay, he was detained at the airport. Maybe he will, they will just question him or something. It's not a big deal, you know. Maybe he, he just needs some some questioning or something, and then and they will release him. But then when I got to Beijing, I opened the news. Wow, he was really detained. He was he wasn't able to fly, and then two years have passed, and then he passed away. So, mm. can you can you tell us since he went with your tour? Can you tell us briefly what happened to Otto? First of all, I, I just want to say, like, <clears throat> my heart and uh, my thoughts are constantly with uh, Fred and Cindy, uh, his parents, about this because it's a it's a horrible situation what happened. It's it nobody wanted this to, to ever happen, but it's um you know it, it is a, a firm reminder to like there are, there are certain ways of how you sh you should be as a tourist when you are traveling in a country. So when the, the when the situation took place, uh, we haven't had any issues with any of our tourists before. We had operated as a company for eight years, and this was the first time one of our tourists had been detained. And for reasons at the time, we had no idea about. We weren't aware of any of this because uh, it was the New Year's tour. We had, uh, I think we had over 80 people for the entire group. So we had four separate groups of 20 people in each group. And there was a lot happening, you know, it's a, we, it was a busy, it was a five-day tour. It was very packed, uh, long days, uh, short nights. But uh, some for some people, long nights, you know, it's New Year's. They'll stay up. They'll go to karaoke at the hotel. They'll drink. They, they're on holidays. They they want to enjoy themselves. So when this happened, yeah, it was an absolute shock. We we kept uh, one of our staff in Pyongyang to to find out what's going on, like, what's what's the situation and the north koreans weren't open about it at the time we, we started hearing some information that yet yeah, like yeah he's he's broken a local regulation he's broken a law well, what law and it's like we're getting that information now so we we got in contact with the parents we got in contact with the u.s state uh department we got into contact with the swedish embassy who look after american uh citizens in pyongyang because the u.s don't have an embassy in pyongyang 
So we just related as much information as we could. We got as much information from our local guides as we could. And we were given very, very little information. But news got out that, uh, you know, YPT took Otto Warm Beer. So we had a lot of, uh, we were headlighting the news. We were in the news, like the, yeah. the front page. For yeah, like, man. Uh, I like to think a, a week, but it felt like a month. So it was a, it was a pretty insane experience for us to, to be at the forefront of this entire situation when we were given zero information on anything. So we just wanted to let everyone know what we knew. We wanted to give the respects to the family, Otto's parents who wanted nothing to be, you know, we, they just wanted us to, you know, respect their privacy, which we, we, we understand. And uh, so, yeah, but unfortunately we were left in the dark for a long time. So uh, we were reading the news as everyone else was reading the news later uh, as it progressed, you know, when he was released in a coma. And I think it was that he passed away six days later uh, in the U.S. So they were able to, uh, you know, retrieve him from North Crib, bring him back home. And there's uh, a DW documentary actually on this. So if you go to YouTube and type in Otto Warmby at DW, I, they I did a very, yeah. yeah, they did a very in-depth uh interview with uh, the, the the doctor that was you know who was flown over to retrieve to retrieve Otto um everyone else who was involved and uh, I think the some medical staff as well back in Virginia were also uh, were talked about so it was like a, a very like even I learned from that interview because we were not told too much information from the outside parties but in North Korea uh they were you know, they were very sad to hear about all this. They didn't want any of this to happen. They were, you know, they were confused and, and sad why, why, you know, you would break a rule like that in, in North Korea. So, yeah, so I, I gathered that he, he went to staff only ex, uh, rooms in the Yangakta Hotel, so the same hotel where you were staying at. Uh, and he, yeah, he, he reached some out of access areas that tourists aren't meant to go there. And I saw the CCTV footage of him taking down that, uh, slogan, which apparently mentions Kim Jong-il's name. So yeah, some obvious things to, to avoid when in a country, um, which is just unfortunate and it's really sad and it was hard, absolutely like painful to deal with, uh, through the time. And it's been. I think five years now and you know it's just it's just a extreme harsh reminder of like how to behave when you're overseas even when there's rules that you don't agree with or you have different opinions then you know if you if you feel that don't go to these countries and there's so many other countries out there that have these special you know rules saudi arabia russia china brunei you know, brunei yeah brunei brunei yeah there, there's singapore you know, yeah, like, Singapore. In Singapore. Look, I love Singaporeans. Hi, Singaporeans. <laughs> but <laughs> every country has like a, you know, in Cambodia, you can't have, um, you can go to jail for having, uh, what are they called? E-cigarettes? Like, or shishas? Totally banned yeah. here. Yeah. Or sex okay. toys? You know, you can get yeah. in serious trouble for this kind of stuff. But like, you know, these are the rules and regulations that we bring ourselves up to date with and to make us so, you know, as a good person, as a person who represents where we come from and, you know, and to respect to our hosts. Right. Mm. Yeah, this is a really good lesson. And what, what was your initial reaction when you were on the train and we received the news? What was your initial uh, reaction? Because I, I heard the news the moment I boarded the train. So I got told like, hey, this is happening. And I had 30 odd people on the train with me. And it was like, wow. Uh, well, I, I, I got to go because I got to make sure these guys, there's no problem on the train out because now it's like, what's going on? Like, was there somebody else involved who's in my group that we're unaware of now? So we were on the train out, um, but we, I was with uh, Gareth, who's my business partner. So he's the one who stayed and tried to get as much information as he could, try to get involved in as, as, every, as, as, much, as anything as he could as well to see if he could help the situation, explain the situation. But yeah, it was just one of those situations where we were totally left in the dark. Everyone on, on my train, we, we that's where, and that's where you saw me on the train out. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So a lot of questions going through my head, but my immediate response was to make sure everyone on the train and my group felt comfortable. Nobody was nervous. Everyone was, you know, a good way to, to end the tour. And yeah. And when we came back to China, whoosh, 
It's just it, uh, it's on Yahoo headline when I was back in China. Oh, dude, it was every headline, man, and like being contacted by every single like news agency around the world, even news agencies who reached out to me speaking their local language, being like, "I'm sorry, I don't understand what you're asking," and. Yeah, we released a company statement and just being guys, we're respecting the privacy of the family. This is uh, this is our statement. You know, we can't give too much else, and you know, yeah, that's how it all developed and rolled out. Yeah, and one of my friends, one of our listeners, sent me a question via Instagram as well. When she knew that you're going to be on the podcast, her name is Summer Summer Mayweather. She's Summer Mayweather. Yeah, Summer Mayweather. She's asking, nice what name. support did your company provide when the whole thing happened? How did that change the way you handle your tours and the people joining them? That's a good question. So we, as I said, like as we got out, our, you know, the only limited support we could give was to just be in touch with all the relevant agencies that were needed to be involved in this situation. Um, and we weren't involved in that for many for for much longer they you know this is like the us working with the sweden working with the north koreans so we were the travel agency that took him but as soon as it came to breaking the law it was just completely out of our hands but we we did everything we could from our side to, to stay in touch with the family to to give them any information that we had received from our end which wasn't much but that's what we did and uh, what do we change uh when it for future tours uh we started to include listen guys uh stay out of staff only areas and hotels like, uh, unfortunately we thought that was obvious enough but yes please do not go to restricted areas uh when you're in the hotel because when you do visit north korea you are meant to stick together as a group or if you do a private tour you got to be with your, your local guides you know throughout the day you can't wander off by yourself you can never be alone by yourself in North Korea unless you're at the hotel. Yes, so exactly. at the hotel, you can help yourself at the restaurant, to the bar, to yeah. the young guy, you got the bowling, the, the bowling the alley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got all that. So help yourself to that. But yeah. yeah, we had to tell future tourists. Yeah, if it says staff only, please do not break into these areas. Right. I, I remember Much that. Like in, any other hotels in, in the world. Yeah, I remember that night that was after the New Year's party and almost everyone was drunk. I remember my roommate at the time, he was so drunk and he, the bus almost left without him because he got lost <laughs> from the boat going to the bus. That was a New Year's Eve party. And I remember during that night, like it, it was like kind of like a free night, right? The next day he said, well, we were about to leave. The next day is like the, the day to leave Pyongyang. And that night was the last night in North Korea. So we were kind of like free to do whatever we want. Some went to the to the karaoke, the bowling alley, like what you've said, we were brief as well before going to North Korea that never visit the fifth floor because that is that is prohibited to go there. So the fifth floor is very, we that's the most famous, infamous mystery floor in the, in the hotel. So we, we've always forever said, guys, don't go to the fifth floor. We stressed, we've always stressed as, as being a travel company in North Korea, don't go to the fifth floor because it sucks for everyone. It sucks for my guides and my North Korean guides who are in charge because we get, you know, we get told off and the, you know, it, it, get, it gets to some points where even tourists have to write an apology letter to be like, listen, I'm sorry, I went to the fifth floor. Yes, uh, I was told not to go here. Um, I'm sorry for you know, breaking the rules kind of thing. But this incident that happened in the Angokta, it wasn't the fifth floor. It was uh, another section of the, the hotel, oh, which was... Okay, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, so that's, that's another was... misconception. So no, oh, no, right. it wasn't the fifth floor. Okay. It wasn't the fifth floor. So the fifth floor is... Uh, I can't tell you what. <laughs> I've never been there. I saw <laughs> so some videos on YouTube. Like some people even took yeah. videos. <laughs> There's videos of it. You can look it up and see what it, it looks like. Just like every, every room, in, every building in North Korea will have like a revolutionary room where the room is dedicated to like whatever the efforts of the North Korean government were to to their involvement with the building or the mm. factory or the school or whatever it is. Right. Um, and they'll have like some slogans and some, you know, just like Juche sort of slogans. That's the ideology that runs the country. You'll have that. So that's what it looks like to me. But uh, no, he went to a completely different area, which was very much out of bounds. And yeah, so that so we started telling people, yeah, guys, please avoid staff only areas. But after the, the auto warm beer incident, nobody goes to the fifth floor. 
ever. We, we haven't had a single incident of anyone misbehaving in hotels, which has made our jobs a lot easier. But also a problem that happened that we had quite often as well is that you're not allowed to leave the hotel once the day tour is finished. So once we're back in the hotel, mm-hmm. after you've had dinner and you've had a big night out, you got to stay at the hotel. You don't walk out of the hotel. I've had so many tourists who have snuck out at like two o'clock in the morning oh, when really? the door guys Whoa. are sleeping. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. They're crazy. So they've, they've walked down. They've walked down streets. They've, oh. they've clearly broken rules um, that are very much a strong regulation. It's a law in North Korea. Don't do it, which is why we say don't do it. And um, yeah, we, it's always been a hassle to deal with that. You talk to the person, you're like, why'd you do it? And they're like, I just wanted to check it out. And it's like, well, great. Now, <laughs> you know, now I'm in trouble and now my guides are in trouble. And you have to explain that this was explained to you, but you know, you willingly broke it. And it's unpleasant because then people, they dampen their own experience in North Korea because now like, you know, the group doesn't trust them anymore. So they kind of out themselves anymore. So like, you know, when you sit down for lunch, nobody wants to sit with you now. You're the, <laughs> you're the freak at the cafeteria during the school break because nobody can trust you now. Like, yeah. Great. You've I made Miss Kim and Miss Puck upset. Now, now they can't really enjoy their times with us when we were having a good time with them, you know? So, but since the Otto Warmbier incident, nobody left hotels oh, yeah. anymore. Yeah. Oh, like wow. people, it, it has made our job a lot easier. And, and finally people have, have gotten, in, like, tourists have gotten into the head. Like, yeah, you're not invincible. You know, even though you're not from the US, you're, you know, any other nationality, you know, you're not invincible. You, you, these regulations still stick to you. But it's just unfortunate that the North Koreans do have some beef against the US. So when a US person breaks a regulation, yeah, it'll be, they'll it's be a held story. to it. Yeah. It's a different story. Yeah. Or, yeah. So, yeah. you know, just listen to your instructions from your guides because you're in North Korea. You're not in, you're not in the Philippines. Where I would prefer to be, actually. <laughs> wow, this is so. This a, a reminder as well to all of us uh, who plan to travel, who love traveling, not just in North Korea but in any other countries, to always abide with the rules. Yeah, so it's in- cool. It's cool to be a smart traveler, and it's 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 cool to know the do's and don'ts, so you can help others who are clueless. Even when you're traveling by yourself, you can be like, "Hey, man, like." Don't do that, you know. Right. Don't smoke that weed in Singapore. <laughs> you know, like it's just things that people. I know I've said I've said two things about Singapore now. Chewing gum and weed. Like, <laughs> the, uh, sorry guys, you have a beautiful country, beautiful city. <laughs> oh wow! So when I was in North Korea, for me, I was there. I was I was there for only five days, and I realized it was like a breath of fresh air. Because, like what I've said, there was no internet, so no bombardment of information, and there are no advertisements, you know, no billboards. So it was like kind of like a, a breath of fresh air for me. And I saw a lot of things that they do differently. Some I want to improve, and some I think are, oh wow, we should do this as well. So how about you, as a uh, uh, this last question for this podcast, you know, before we end? What do you think, what are the things that we can learn from North Korea? Engagement. Um, you know, we can't, we can't ignore an entire country, an entire population when we don't agree with the government. You know, there's a lot of governments out there that are, you know, that we, we don't agree with them from our point of view. It depends where you come from, but... I feel like we shouldn't ignore a country. We should still engage them, engage the people, um, learn as much as we can from them and teach them as much as we can. Uh, and I think tourism is the, the first step with doing so when it comes to a country, bringing cultures together, discussing things, openly discussing things, because we both, both sides will read the news and the news are controlled by the people who want us to read certain aspects on certain things that happen around the world. And the best way to, to learn about these kind of things is to ask someone who's from that country for their their opinion and to teach them to be better. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much, Rowan, for being on the podcast. Uh, it's, it's been a pleasure talking to you, especially about this country, North Korea, where not a lot of people visit and probably is the last country to open after the pandemic. Thanks so much, mate. 
Thank you, mate. Um, if anyone has any questions uh, about North Korea who've listened to this, they can feel free to reach out to me. Uh, I'm everywhere. Um, I'm happy to answer questions because North Korea is just one of those places that, you know. So how can they contact you on Instagram? Because Instagram is like uh, the easiest way to contact people nowadays. So what's your Instagram? I think account? so, yeah. Uh, Rowan.travel. That's my Instagram. So feel free to hit me up there. All or right. Facebook or the, the, the youngpioneertours.com. Yeah, email us there. I'm the uh, our, our team is down to a very small crew because of COVID, but I'm I'm online every day, almost every hour if I'm not sleeping. So constantly I'm here for you guys. Oh wow! Okay, great. I'm gonna put the link as well in the description box. The link of your Instagram account. Thank you once again, and yeah, hopefully I can go back to North Korea once this is all over. To be honest, I really want to go back and explore more. Probably outside. Back with us, mate. Young, yeah. You'll have, yeah. You'll- You'll have more fun, and you know it, and you and, saw that. And, 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 and it's cheaper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't yeah. know your tour company before. I, I look at it, oh, it's, it's a lot cheaper. So, yeah, for sure. Wow. Cool, man. Okay. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Thank you, man. So be- take care. Yeah, take before care of the Philippines. Uh, hope, I hope everything's okay with your family and your friends, and yeah, I'll see you on the road. Before we leave, I'm going to leave you with this quote, and for our listeners as well, this travel quote. Perhaps travel cannot prevent bigotry, but by demonstrating that all peoples cry, laugh, eat, worry, and die, it can introduce the idea that if you try and understand each other, we may even become friends. From Maya Angelou. This has been your host, Rajin. Thank you once again for tuning in. Till the next episode.